0: to concentrate and breathe deeply no listen only to the sound of my voice i've been
1: listening to too much mk ultra talk lately for this movie yeah. <laughs> i've been
2: i've seen too many horror movies surrounding hypnosis yeah it doesn't, doesn't get out of the the uh, predominant hypnosis horror films
1: i've got a, i got a quote from kiyoshi kurosawa that i think will uh from 2001 that i think will set the mood for the episode appropriately right. you ready for this okay which genre my film ultimately belongs in is up to the audience to decide when the film is finished but certainly, as a starting point, I always start my next project considering which genre I would like to work in. So in that sense, I am a genre director. I love that. That's good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's very David That's Lynch. Very I'm direct, not, it's a very what's directory. My movie about? Am, I'm not going to yeah. tell you that. It's a directory-ass answer, but I kind of like it. Yeah,
0: it's very fun. Well, hello, everybody, again, and welcome to the Good Trash Honorcast. We gather around a table. We discuss the films you'll never discuss in a film space course, unless it happens to be a Patreon pick week, which it is. Thanks, Keith and Smith. Uh, you're a very nice fellow. He's and, such a great guy. And he has picked Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure from 1997,
1: and I'm still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I'm still Dalton, and you've already sort of gilded the lily on this a little bit, but you're you're saying this maybe could be talked about in a film studies course, huh?
0: I think perhaps it is the subject of some academic essays out there in the world, so yeah. There you go. Uh, so, uh, in case you're tuning in for the first time, uh, this Police Procedural is a film that we are going to spoil. However, uh, we'll avoid spoilers because, uh, though this is an analysis show, we do want you to have a little bit of a taste test as to what you think of this particular film, and we'll do that with a synopsis, little gentle reviews from us, and get gentle in terms of spoilers, and then we'll move on to a little exercise we like to call Expanding the Syllabus, which might again involve... Probably less a spoiler of this film and more of a spoiler of films of its ilk. And then we get down to business and that's when all spoiler bets are off. So that's the warning uh, in case you have not seen this very, very plotty film, um, which is about revealing what's going on and why it's going on and all that good stuff. Um, You'll know whether or not you want to catch it or not based on those earlier discussions. So with that, Mr. Arthur Gordon, voice of all things good and wholesome, uh, can you delight us with a synopsis, please?
2: A mysterious rash of murders are sweeping the city, all showing a similar pattern. Yet, a different person has confessed to each. With pressures mounting at home and work, Detective Takabe must figure out who, or what, is truly behind these murders. That
0: is a very non-spoilerific synopsis. Yes, there are murders, and there is a detective who's trying to figure it out. Yeah.
1: It's a detective movie. It's a detective movie. It's seven. Yeah. It's Fallen. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of things. It's something. It's a lot of movie.
0: It's, yeah, it's, it is a whole bunch of, bunch of, bunch of movie. Uh, so, the,
1: I think we're all virgin
0: viewers, yes, to yeah. this film? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it. I've only it. encountered it in essays, so I have not seen it either. So I will start with you first, Dalton. What do you think in terms of review? Do you like Cure? Yeah, Does yeah. it cure what ails you?
1: Uh, yeah, it cured what ailed me. It did. It's a moody little movie. I like it. It's It's got a lot of... Uh, a lot of vibe to it uh it's i think arthur is it's right to to invoke american 90s you know procedurals like fallen and, and and seven it definitely sort of feels in in that that gothic cop drama yeah. gothic cop drama mode there we go it, it definitely feels uh, uh, to be uh, akin with with those you know films from the u.s um and and yet it's definitely its own thing you know kurosawa is creating a film that feels uh very much set apart from This the same sort of maybe supernatural, maybe not supernatural, but definitely sort of larger than life murder mysteries that we're getting at from the states around that same time. Uh, It it doesn't quite go into the the bombast as much. It it feels a little bit more grounded, and sort of as far as its photography goes, which isn't to say it's you know poorly photographed. It definitely looks great. It's a good looking movie. It's just not doing big expressionistic choices. It's it's very much more you know, sort of grounded or sort of a a fly on the wall kind of eye Mm -hmm. that the camera presents us with, which I think works for this movie sort of grounding the camera in in scenes and letting them play out because there are a lot of dialogue scenes in this film and that's sort of the i would say the uh, the set piece scenes in this movie are when when characters you are curious about interacting with each other when they get together it's sort of when the rubber hits the road on this movie for me uh whether it's takabe and his prime suspect uh in being you know the interrogation scenes that we get with uh well we we can go ahead and reveal that there's a prime suspect pretty early in the movie i'd say uh miami how do you say that correct yeah that's how I kept hearing. I was trying to listen really close for it uh but anyway the the in, in interrogation scenes in Miami are really good, but so are this these uh sort of professional consult scenes that Takabi has with the psychologist that's partnered with him uh and then and then takabi has these scenes at home with his wife of course, there's a wife character, it's a cop drama. We'll definitely get into uh, uh her role in this film as as we break this film open a little bit later in the show, but yeah i The film I'm describing, listener, if you haven't seen it, definitely I'm sure you're thinking, well, I've seen a movie that's like this and you have. And yet at the same time, Cure is wholly its own thing that is very much uh, about cop movies a little bit in some ways for me, Um, or at the very least, it it has an awareness of genre tropes. Uh, But it's it's definitely sort of. Trying to, to walk that tightrope between thriller and horror and, and asking, a, a, you know, that that quote from Kurosawa about genre I think is really useful because this film, you could definitely attribute it to a diff- couple of different genres and I don't think you would be wrong in any of them. But uh, I think that's part of what makes it so good is is sort of its its daftness, deftness with uh, playing in genre territory while still... You know very much feeling like its own thing it doesn't feel like it is a generic riff it definitely feels like it's it's got its own personality and its own its own heart and its own message for sure yeah, it's a weird movie i'm glad Keith and picked it uh, i like a lot about it it's mm-hmm. it's stuck with me over the the day since i've I've watched it it's kind of kind of wedged in there i keep thinking about shots from it it's good
0: very cool very cool thank you very much for that mr dalton mr arthur gordon what do you say in terms of review of cure
2: yeah i, I think it's a really solid film um I think uh, it is a, a master class, probably in navigating tone. Mm. I think it's very consistent in doing that. Um, I don't think a lot about location often, um, <clears throat> probably more so in horror because I think it's more pivotal oftentimes to aesthetic and tone and mood. Um, but the way these, these uh, Japanese locales are shot, I mean, the building work here is just so interesting, that rusty... Uh, dripping coming down the sides of the buildings old farmhouse looking buildings um it's just a really cool part uh there's a moment where there's like some apartments in a train yard or yeah, something like which is really cool area yeah. Yeah,
1: this big blast furnace we get a couple of shots of yeah, yeah.
2: so that yeah, stuff i mean I, I think that's really you know kind of you mentioned the uh subtlety i think of the cinematography but i think it does a great job of capturing Uh, those pieces to really help set the mood Mm -hmm. uh, and and develop the tone throughout here. Um, Yeah, I think it's solid. Uh, I I, I think it's interesting. Uh, It it does do a good job, I think, of keeping you at arm's length, to keep you guessing of where we're going. Uh, I think uh, characters are really fascinating, uh, especially that Mamiya, Mamiya, whatever we're calling him, uh, character. And then uh, Takabe is really interesting as the main detective. I, I don't know that he's Super, uh, uh, off the beaten path from every other troubled detective. He's got a great face though. He does. He has a good look. Camera loves him. He's got a great look. Uh, so he, he plays rugged, tired detective very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I, I like that. Um, I like where this goes though. Uh, I, I was reminded of other movies. Um, I think you can see its fingerprints though in other films as well. Uh, past it. And so I think that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel like, though, this is, I mean, if anything, I think it's a master class in just developing a tone. Uh, I, I like a lot of what's going on here from that sense with mood, uh, aesthetic, visually. I like the way he does these, I wouldn't call them flashback edits, but he does this weird thing with montage that really is so jarring and sudden that it interrupts not only visually, but also orally because of the way it cuts into... Mm-hmm. The soundtrack, uh, and it looks almost like a blunder. Like it, it looks like somebody did a bad job intentionally, almost because it's such a jarring interruption. And yeah. I, I mean, it's intentionally doing that, but it almost you could almost mistake it as like somebody just making a bad cut or yeah. like they accidentally spliced in a piece they weren't supposed to in the wrong spot. Mm. That's such a good way to describe it yeah. though. Yeah. Because it,
1: it feels when it's usually used to like elicit memory, right. Yeah. To, to kind of represent memory in the film. And yeah, it's like, Oh, it's like, it's the thought you don't want there yeah. is the way the edit works. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah,
2: it, it is. And I think so many times in these types of movies, especially American where we have those sorts of montage moments of, of, mental imagery of a flashback or dream or vision, uh, it's typically, uh, got some sort of powering underscore. There's that kind of jarring screech music that accompanies it to let you know you're being interrupted. Uh, but this kind of takes a different approach and going more natural, mm-hmm. uh, in making it feel like the entire story and film has been interrupted. And I think that's a really cool approach, uh, from an editing standpoint. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to like here. um, So, yeah, I'm glad we picked it. I hadn't heard of it until he picked it. And, yeah, I think it's I think it's real good film. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was, again, same for me, totally off my radar, yeah. but it's like in conversation with The Grudge and... Uh, mm-hmm. What's that other one? Um,
2: well, he does Pulse after this, I think. He does
1: Pulse after this, but uh, it's... Ringu? He, Ringu, thank you, yeah. yeah. It gets brought up with those because they're yeah, all right around J-Hore. the same couple mm-hmm. of years yeah. of each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the, where I started seeing yeah, the invention I, online when I I saw something, there's another
2: movie he does that kind of sets the stage for Resident Evil even. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's got a really developing, I think, this atmosphere of J-horror. Yeah,
1: Dustin, what about you, man? Where where are you at with this movie? I I like it a lot. And I don't know that it's a horror movie. I don't know that it's not. Exactly. It is
0: its own thing, as we've said so far. And that's part of what I like so much about it. Uh, Performances, as we've already mentioned, are really, really solid. I do love... The naturalistic lighting Mm -hmm. for the photography, Mm -hmm. we were talking about that earlier, it's its really very much documentary style, uh, although usually with a static camera. Uh, There are times in the editing, as you guys mentioned, where we're seeing some internal states and psychology and those kind of things with what might seem to be like a... Like a mistake, almost.
1: But that's also... Like an intrusive thought is is what the edit is. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and, and I think that's a pretty good use of uh, that particular technique there. And uh, it just moves at an interesting clip. Uh, The whole time, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on and what's Mm -hmm. happening, which is exactly what a mystery is supposed to do, that you are supposed to be constructing possible hypotheses and then see if they work out or not as the movie continues to play. And the movie continues to keep me guessing. And I'm continually surprised uh, by most events as they take place, even when I anticipate a certain event, Uh, there's a pretty obvious moment in a uh, police box house that you know exactly what is going to happen. And yet when it does, it is so shocking and jarring Mm -hmm. uh, the way in which it's, again, sort of nonchalantly filmed. Mm
1: -hmm. uh, The way this movie deals with violence is like so interesting. And like the way, the times that it chooses to allude to violence versus showing like an act act of violence, like it is so, as Arthur's talked about, like its tone is so consistent and and the way it deals with violence like slots into that tone so perfectly. Right. Yeah. It's
0: just really, really, really well made. Yeah. And uh, atmosphere. I just love the mm, atmospherics mm. of the stat. Usually atmosphere is achieved through lighting, and the film doesn't do that. It does something a little bit more elemental in representations of airflow uh, using this queen or whatever it is over over various windows or uh, Mm. trees and uh, fog or smoke blowing through those. Yeah. Uh, There's a way in which there's a real depth and density to the atmosphere that is achieved again not through lighting techniques which is you, you know chiaroscuro kind of hard blacks and uh, it, generally speaking it's it's a pretty bright movie even in darker rooms it's you know it, it's still got this sort of fluorescent electric light kind of uh,
2: sense to it yeah it's got that cold blue
0: yeah glow and uh, which again feels very much like the sort of you know, mini-DV camcorder kind of footage, but like a commercial version of whatever that would be. Um, Seems to be the design there uh, with it. And just, it really, really works. And so uh, I, I find it to be a really fascinating film and I'm, I'm also thrilled that I finally watched it, even though I've read
1: about it a, a handful oh, of so times. So you were a little bit aware of this
0: one. I, I knew it existed. I knew some of the conversations around the movie. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, in a couple of various essays I've read over the years since my PhD. I was going
2: to say, I remember you referenced something with your doctoral work. Yeah. Having and seen the name of it, at least in yeah. passing.
0: But I hadn't actually watched the film at all. So, But I'm glad I have now, and uh, it makes better sense now. It always makes better sense to
2: watch the movies. Typically. With the essays. Um, was that an alarm for your medicine? Is it time to take it, your medicine? It, it, it is time for me to take out my dentures. Put them in. You got your little jar of water yeah, that's to put right. them in?
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. You got to have the jar of water. Arthur. Um, so with that,
2: there's our my thoughts. Dad had dentures. Hmm? My dad had dentures. My dad had dentures. Are you my dad? I'm not.
0: Um, Right. Um, I feel strange about everything. He could
1: be your father,
0: figure. No. (laughs) You guys. Hey, uh, our our biases are generally pro towards this movie. Let's do the thing (laughs) called Expand the Syllabus. Dalton, what's that about? God damn it. I knew he was
1: going to throw to me. I just knew he was going to do it.
2: You never know. I want to know how he determines which of us is the more virgin viewer if neither of us have seen the movie.
1: I, I think he just flips a coin in his head.
2: Which is is out, there like uh, a naivety like, that one of us carries with a certain movie?
1: That's interesting. I think maybe it's, I think maybe you're overthinking. It probably <laughs> depends on the movie. Now,
2: for analysis, is all about overthinking. Yeah,
1: exactly. Expanding the syllabus, I think that's a vibe check. I think he he knows what the vibe of the show is and chooses which of us to to describe. That's it based an on, assertion
2: of dominance. Yeah, exactly. Like you've gotten too far out of line.
1: Yeah, he's yeah exactly. You, Arthur, we're on the same level on this one, man. Yeah, we we got him figured out. <laughs> him Why is his everybody always picking yeah. on me? Yeah, we've got him figured out. That's fair. Uh, so expanding the syllabus <laughs> is what we do now. And this is the part of the show where Mm -hmm. we deliver on the promise of the show. We start talking like we're in a film studies class. We're just going to, you know, it's going to stay chill and conversational. Don't worry. Calm down. Uh, We're not going to actually make you read anything. I promise. But. If we were going to make you read something, this is where we would tell you what we would make you read because we're going to try to pitch you a class uh, that uses the movie of the week. In this case, Cure, uh, and we're going to try to build a a film studies type class around or, you know, any other sort of academic uh, endeavor could be a a cultural studies class. It could be a a police class. Class of some kind, criminal justice class of some kind, maybe, I don't know, whatever you guys are into this week, but all three of us are going to try to uh, pitch you some sort of class that uses Cure and uh, other films in its orbit, other materials, uh, and just sort of uh, get into this academically and sort of think about what we could uh, glean from talking about Cure in a a more in-depth way. I have a feeling he's going to throw to
2: you first, so I'm going to do it. Arthur. Uh,
1: what's your class? What, how are you using cure as a, as a material?
2: I'm probably gonna go the easy route. I'm gonna go something I really like. And that's talking about procedurals. Um, I I love the procedural either as show or movie. I I think it's just interesting to see people doing their job sometimes. Uh, especially if you can make a mundane job seem more interesting without being too, uh, facetious in presenting it. I think that's always fun. um, and so i I want to kick it back uh, a few years, and we're going to start I think with twelve angry men uh yeah to look at the uh the process of the jury. um I think that's just such a endlessly fascinating movie, probably as relevant today as it would have been then um, but i I really love doubling down on the focus of the only thing that matters is what's going on in that room mm. the 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 trial itself doesn't matter, the politics before that don't matter, you know we don't know. The events, we haven't seen those events, how they're portrayed. We are just focused on recounting this and coming to a conclusion within that room. And I think it's just an endlessly fascinating study uh, of the justice system, especially in the 40s, uh, 50s, 50s. I think. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, just some great performances. Uh, but I, I think that we we're kind of so obsessed with the procedural in regards to detectives and cops and lawyers. Uh, that to put it into the jurors uh, shoes is a really interesting step. And I think that's such a uh, fine movie uh, to watch. And so we'd probably start there. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple I haven't seen, but I think they'd be important to this. And that is uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, an anatomy of a murder to court case films. I got to catch up with both of those. I know. uh, That move us outside of the jury room back into the courthouse. But again, uh, it is so much of that. How do we build a case? How do we structure this? How can I get... The information that I need, you know, but building an argument, I think that is just so uh, fascinating and fun to watch. And, and the drama that can kind of naturally come from those situations is always good and and usually good for building just some nice ethical quandaries as well to make you think and resonate. Uh, we're going to jump ahead at that point, though, and I think get into the movies that are in a closer discussion with this. And the, the first one is Science of the Lambs. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think aesthetically tonally the sort of evil incarnate that mm-hmm. is hannibal lecter and buffalo bill and in, in some ways probably more so lecter though yeah, in his, sure. his role here as uh, devil on the shoulder almost yeah. uh, i i think is a really important point in in discussion with uh cure uh, I, I think i
1: mean another film that does
2: horror without ever being horror yeah when he mentioned you know it is not a horror film, but I can't say that it's not a horror film. I, you know, It's kind of in that conversation, I think, with Silence of the Lambs and Seven, which both do feel yeah. in that that non-genre genre. Um, and so I think Silence of the Lambs is probably kind of a talking point here. probably has some influence, I think, here. We know um, it has some influence as well in, in Korean cinema, but it feels... Like there's a bit of DNA here in in what Karasawa is doing as well. Uh, And then seven, I think, is the other one, which is two years prior to this. So it feels like it's probably a a major touchstone, I would imagine, Uh, influential point. I think the discussions there uh, of the job and family and and the toll that this takes um, are questions that are being presented here in CURE as well. Uh, Maybe in more interesting ways in CURE, I I think, the way those are being framed are being brought up. But it feels like just a natural leading point to where we're going. Uh, and then I want to talk about Fallen because I think from a genre standpoint, it's a very close cousin to what's happening in this movie. I think where this movie ends and where Fallen goes and what's taking place in that movie, they're very spiritually related. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something really cool about the way Cure handles that versus what we see in Fallen, which is it feels like a much more American on the nose way of telling that story. Uh, beyond that, I want to go to, uh, I think the movie probably most influenced by that and that is Bong Joon-ho's Memories of a Murder, uh, which I haven't caught up with, but it feels like the kind of third in a trilogy that I think starts with seven probably moves to cure and Memories of a Murder is kind of, I think in that same discourse as far as non-horror, horror crime, how it impacts people on a personal level, on a professional level and probably within a community as well, um, and what that looks like. And then, you know, just to kind of clear the palette of murder uh, and, and ease things up, I want to get into Spotlight. Uh, oh, yeah, God, okay. yeah, that was really... <laughs> they knew. Yeah. They knew. Uh, which, you know, kind of does that thing where it takes uh, a much more uh, different um, crime and string of crimes and, and different offenses. kind of jo- a different kind of job. Yeah. But but still kind of very much procedural and the importance and impact of, of, that job when it is done right. And it is done well, uh, and it is done with purpose and, uh, how that looks and, and kind of the parallels that we see between these detective stories and this journalism movie. Um, but also a lot of the same questions of personal life, private life, dealing with these repercussions, how it impacts us, how it impacts the outward facing world as well. And what uh, does your private life look like yeah. when
1: your, your professional life is so, so subsuming? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I think that's where we'd end uh, there. Uh, but yeah, it would just be a little study on procedurals and kind of walking through a timeline there of national and international uh, detective movies primarily.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Thank you very much for that. Mr. Arthur Gordon Dalton, what is your syllabus looking like?
1: We're going to do a little introduction to Japanese cinema, I think. We're just we're just going to take a, again Arthur said he felt like his he was taking the easy way out. I feel similarly, but at the same time Arthur reminded me in our uh, our chat that we do all of our show planning in that I uh, have much maligned the fine island nation of Nippon on this show over the years. And I've seen the error of my ways. It was a very, very dumb bit that I had going for a long time. I, I, I like Japanese movies, man. They're good. It's, it's it's still a pretty big blind spot for me as far as, uh, you know, international cinema goes. But like every, every sampling I've had, I'm just like, this is great. I have. I, there's, I haven't seen a bad Japanese movie yet, and the, this would be a great excuse. There to, are some. Oh yeah, and I'm sure there are. Everybody's got bad movies, but man, I, the the hits do truly keep coming. Like Houseu, I still think about that movie. That's like <laughs> that immediately became one of my favorite movies that I've ever seen. It's great. Uh, so we're going to start with Ozu. Uh, I, I know that's kind of an obvious place to start. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a it's a place you gotta start. You gotta talk about Ozu, and that's that's a blind spot for me. Uh, I, I went with Tokyo Story. Uh, still, again, a blind spot for me. But that's that's the one that I always hear. What's the other one? There's one that I green tea over rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not that one. There's another one that I hear about a lot. Um, oh crap, it's not important. Um... Uh, but no, the, uh, Tokyo Story is the one that I feel like I I hear come up the most, and it's the one that I've heard the most about, and I find very interesting. So I think that's a good place to start with right post war. What, what they're doing right after World War II, which, because, you know, so much of, uh, you know, Japanese cinema prior to World War II is is gone, both mm-hmm. due to just, cult, you know, uh, the war, the, both due to the war and due to, you know, climate reasons. Uh, so much of that pre-nitrate uh, film is just out mm-hmm. of there. So we probably would have no choice but to start post-war. Uh, so after we do ozu and kind of talk about that this sort of transcendental japanese cinema we're going to j- move right back into something totally different go uh with uh gojira himself uh again still very much dealing with the post-war moment uh with with you know how as a nation uh as, as a culture japan is dealing with the, the fallout of world war ii and, and what it looked like for them uh and dealing with you know new concerns on the on the global scale with the. Uh, this silly little lizard movie. I uh, really asking some big questions. I think it's great stuff. Uh, I think we'd have to just do a full unit on, uh, Akira Kurosawa, uh, talk some samurai movies, uh, talk, talk some Shakespeare movies that are also samurai movies. Uh, we'd also have to do some Miyazaki. Uh, I think both of these directors, like their filmographies are so concerned with Japanese culture, right? Like just kind of so concerned with, uh, I, the, the, there's such a specificity to both of those every film from the both of those directors that i've seen it feels like so much in conversation with like this is what i think about where i'm from you know what mm-hmm. i mean there's they both feel like so much about uh the filmmaker's worldview in a way that i just find so interesting with both of those filmmakers so you know and there's so much scholarship on on both of those filmmakers that i think would be uh, useful to just spend a lot of time talking about their filmographies, che- probably choosing, you know, two to four films a piece to actually watch. But again, just reading a lot about them and their work, I think would be really useful. Uh, I think we'd also uh, look at a, a contemporary of Cure uh, with uh, Departures, which is the, the first uh, Japanese film to win a uh, foreign language film at the Academy Awards. and I, What did they call it now? They switch it to international. I know that people were uh, uh, lobbying for a, a better name for that. And okay. then
0: foreign language. I believe yeah. it's international film
1: now. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think uh, that's the first win that, that Japan has at the Academy Awards. Uh, so I definitely think we'd look at that. Uh, we'd look at uh, the, this year's nominee uh, from Japan, Drive My Car, which I can't keep hearing stuff about uh hamaguchi's a, a filmmaker that i'm just now hearing about but is apparently uh worth catching up with Every, everybody that i'm a, uh, I've, I've heard talk about drive my car that has a background with this guy says they they love his stuff so we probably look a little bit there as well
2: yeah i think that's actually gonna be dropping on hbo max at the beginning of march oh, so it'll be baby. pretty available i believe yeah. just in time for all those oscar
1: Hot dog. watch parties yeah baby gotta gotta catch up with drive my car uh and one more that I'll just throw out because I think it rules. Uh, Takashi Miike's 13 Assassins. Yeah, it's what good. What a cool movie. Uh, but that, that's, that's a, a little intro to Japanese cinema for you. I, I couldn't even narrow it down. I started thinking about Kurosawa and, and uh, Mizuki and like, okay, which but which movies? Couldn't pick. So I, I chose not to. <laughs> chose not to pick individual film from either of them because it, it's just too much there. Really, mm-hmm. truly for both of them. Like, it's all great. Uh Dustin? How would you teach Cure? What, what sort of academic uh, path would you, would you walk? I think I might use, because I did sort of encounter it first in essays
0: before I actually encountered it as a film, I think I might use it in a uh, film studies course specifically in mm-hmm. a film criticism or film theory course mm-hmm. and thinking about per- possible interpretive lenses. And the interpretive lens in question in the essays that I encountered it was eco-cinema or this environmental cinema in which environmental themes or the use of environment or environmental impact of filmmaking Itself, uh, sort of carbon footprint, mm-hmm. digital footprint kind of stuff uh, might come together. And so I, I think Tim Palmer's essay, The Rules of the World, Japanese Ecosima and Eco Cinema and Kiyoshi Kurosawa would be the assigned reading. And then uh, looking at the film for that example, um, I would use Hunter Vaughn's uh, 500,000 Kilowatts of Stardust, uh, which is a uh, examination of the. Uh, uh, Pollution um, and uh, just, uh, again, sort of technological uh, waste uh, footprint of Singing in the Rain i oh, wow. uh, take that line from the Gene Kelly film And then maybe looking at a film that's trying to represent weather And those kind of things as well Because one of the things that a, a Palmer suggests In his essay, and I didn't reread it uh, This weekend uh, before The film is how he's almost Tarkovsky-esque In the use of these running bits of water And uh, the fire in the forge Or the, the foundry or whatever that mm, is yeah. In that scene And again, wind in these windows And um, so Joris Ivins is a uh, French uh, by way of somewhere in Eastern Europe, a filmmaker. But the French-made film is Tale of the Wind, Mm. in which he's trying to take film of wind. That is the whole goal of the film, while also narrating his life as a filmmaker. Uh, It's a really fascinating little experimental film. Uh, from the late 80s, I want to say. Um, and uh, I, I think looking at those movies and sort of the environmental possibilities of considering film and film studies would be uh, a way in for this film that I could actually use in a real-life class that I'm going to be teaching before too, too terribly long. And so uh, that's probably how I'd approach that. So uh, a little bit of reading, a little bit of viewing with a handful of options. We'll probably go with Vaughn and 10,000 or 500,000 kilowatts of Stardust. Uh, for the in-class stuff, but the uh, sort of additional reading for further examples, do your own research, write your paper stuff, would include Kurosawa and Joris Ivins, uh for that. So that's what your syllabus just looks like, uh, dear listener. I think it just got a bit longer. Now, I believe it's time to get down to business. <laughs>
2: Tarkovsky, which says he made a movie half this interesting.
1: Ooh, oh, shots, shots. shots fired. Weird. Just really? Kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like no, it's no. No, but no. I love it. I, no, I, it's better I,
2: than... What's the one we watched this year?
1: Uh, not Stalker. That's the one we watched. Uh, Solaris, Solaris? That's Solaris. the one. This, hey, man, Cure is a lot more watchable
2: than Solaris. <laughs> yeah, so right, so, well, Solaris I, has never been my favorite from Tarkovsky you know, it Thematically a lot more interesting, too, I think.
1: I, there's just a lot going on. I mean, you know, no shade to Solaris, but...
2: I mean, it, they're two different movies. It's yeah. not fair. Two different cinemas 30 years apart
1: yeah the damn cure is real it's so watchable it's, man yeah. it, it is propulsive that, and,
2: i mean this is just my house i mean yeah. moody detective stories yeah we all we all murder. go for these yeah
1: yeah it's 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 a pretty easy pull for all three of us absolutely but it's so moody you mm-hmm. know it's and again i called it propulsive but like it takes its time you know it's it's it it's a lot of people talking and yet it never feels like something isn't happening like it always feels like things are moving forward right uh where do we want to start? Do we want to start with just like how this relates to sort of murder mysteries in general and sort of serial killer well, movies? Well, let's
0: start with the sort of the big, um, easy sort of introductory question, which is the question of genre. Is this a thriller? Is this a horror film? How do we how do we want to think about this film in terms of genre, considering well, actually, um, the oblique <laughs> statement from Kurosawa himself about what this thing is?
2: I, well, I mean, that's the fun thing, right? I mean, ho- horror itself is built on both thriller and suspense you know Mm -hmm. i mean you have to have i think both of those elements to make a horror film so i think that's too broad of a distinction yeah i I mean i think this. i don't know why you know this is that argument like silence of the lambs isn't a horror movie i mean yeah yeah it kind of is Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean i mean if we, we get into psychological horror and i think this is kind of where that resides i think tonally i think aesthetically the mood i think the way in which those edits which i alluded to earlier the way that mental imagery of these mummified monkeys on shower heads kind of just are suddenly brought to your brain, and he's in a room with his wife hanging dead. Uh, You know, I mean, that imagery, I I think it is 100% to elicit horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, I mean... It feels like one of those nitpicky arguments to be like, well, it's, it's a horror film. I, I think that is very easy to say it's horror.
0: I Yeah, I think, it, I think real life horror is a real kind of horror. And it, I think there's something supernatural supernat- here. Well, is, is, is mesmerism itself supernatural? I mean, that's the next question,
2: right? Well, I think the illusion is that there is this curse that yeah. jumps from person to person. I, I think mean, that's the super... I mean, I think by the end of this movie, Takabe is now the mesmer. Yeah. Right. And I think it is this kind of curse that jumps from person to person, the, 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 which yeah. feels very in line with, I think, Ringu, which, you know, this sure. idea or of Fallen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, the thing I'm going back to is that feels very much of this, right? Because it is about this detective possessed by a demon mm-hmm. in Fallen. And that's kind of where we reside here at the end. Uh, but I, I think really closely as far as J horror goes, we look at Ringu and this idea of the curse tape that you watch it and it just jumps as this thing jumps from person to person. There is no question of willingness or intent. It is, you know, Miami is just this he's just a med school student, right? He's, he's just kind of interested in hypnotism. Then he goes down the wrong ladder, listens to this weird old record. And now he's playing Satan in the city. Yeah. And so I I do think there is a supernatural.
0: Never read the Latin. Never
2: Never yeah. turn on the old phonograph Yeah don't, Especially if it has Edison's name on it Yeah don't, That's don't, a bad sign Don't go playing Old phonograph cylinders don't You don't know what's on there Don't go playing Old phonograph <laughs> cylinders <laughs> well,
0: Which I guess This does raise the question then, What exactly is the cure
1: What is the disease Of the
2: film I read so many Reddit things Trying to figure that out Oh yeah <laughs> And I can't tell you You got nothing I mean I, th- I mean, that, there's, there's this like Ambiguity to the end of this movie I mean Yeah And people theorize on Reddit And I was like Yeah I guess I don't know I don't know, maybe the the cure is uh, getting to a point of overcoming uh, these earthly uh, under the surface frustrations that we have, the sick wife that we can't leave the uh, inept partner that we don't like the frustration of the prostitute uh, and this resolution of uh, prostitution is evil and they should be killed. But I'm, uh, you know, that, that kind of moral quandary, I think that happens there. And, and it is that kind of underlying, uh, emotional resentment and and not necessarily just resentment but when you push down those emotions under the surface and they start to boil over the cure is sort of that catharsis moment where pulling out
1: those subconscious desires yeah, yeah.
2: and now that thing is out of my life and eradicated
1: well and this is what the, the psychologist's team with Takabi talks about right and and this is what most legit well, legitimate is probably a poor choice of words but at the very least most uh uh, acknowledged scholarship on hypnotism would tell you is you can't hypnotize somebody into doing something they don't already want to do. Right. Uh, and so that is sort of the implication it, with all of these murders whether it's the, the sex worker and her John or the the, the man that finds uh, Miamie on the, on the beach and takes him home Big mistake. Oh boy. So and then you can't, murders is you, yeah. you can't just be picking up drifters off the beach and taking them home, man. You can't be you doing You can't that. be
2: rescuing them from rooftops. They're yeah. like cats. You just you can't, <laughs> you can't. You, just be, you can't just feed them once, they're just going to stay just around You can picking forever. up drifters every day.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, all of these people who encounter... Uh, Miami and uh,
2: Miami, uh, Miami, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Mamiya. Yeah, Mamiya in the on Mamiya. Miami. That's how it's spelled, but Mamiya, I don't know if that's yeah
1: the the phonics on it. Yeah, because are, are there's also Miyahima,
2: who's the doctor. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the phon- I don't do I don't do yeah. Japanese
1: names well. Yeah, the phonics are eluding
2: us a I'm little bit. Sorry hey. to all of our Japanese listeners, but it does, does seem like many. there's <laughs>
1: unconscious
0: desire to do murder for all those murders, and the reason why yeah. um, Takabe does not murder his wife is he doesn't want to kill her he would very much like for her to kill herself that's yeah that sort of seems to be the implication right, right? life would be easier yeah but i'm not going to you know do that and so there's like strangely a weird moral compass that's also really twisted and uh well I,
2: that's kind of the the, the what is it that the psychiatrist friend says psychologist friend says you know you can't hypnotize somebody to do something they wouldn't want to
1: yeah, do exactly yeah that's which, and again, that is, I think it's
2: part of the thing is like, oh, they they do want to do this.
1: Yeah, that's that. I think that's the implication the movie gives us. Right. Yeah. is not that he has some supernatural power, but that he is like. Bringing out of people something that's already there. Yeah. Which, uh, I, that definitely seems to be the movie's take on it, at least for my read.
0: Which uh, seems not to be a cure. It, it seems to be one of those films that makes the similar argument that Sigmund Freud makes in, uh, Civilization and His Discontents is that a little repression is good.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, okay. It, it, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If
0: we do, if we give ourselves over to all of our desires, we're just going to be in the bushes. Anarchic beasts. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be bad. Right. And so it, it does seem to be something along the uh, kind of a
1: Freudian way of thinking about that. It is sort of a very, uh, to lack for lack of a better way to put it, a very cop reading of of people in society as well, right? This this assumption that, that there is just the, the the tenuous social agreements all that's stopping us from tearing each other limb from limb, which I don't necessarily think that I buy into that that worldview, but uh, it's it's useful to play around with the idea, if nothing else, right? Um, And again, where we this ambiguous ending we get, where where it leaves us is, I mean, that's the movie's take is that there is a a murderer hiding in everybody, uh, and it's just waiting to jump out. And uh, somehow Takabi's managed to uh, start passing it along. Um, Does Takabi kill his wife? Who kills Takabi's wife? Does she die? that's, yeah. 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 She's dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah we, we just get a brief glimpse of it, but we, yeah, we get a, re, uh, a shot back at the hospital uh, that she's at, and yeah, we see her body. I
2: had, I mean, a lot of the people I was reading, they had posited that Takabe kills her, but yeah. then some had posited that Sakuma, the psychologist's baby, did it because mm. he went to the hospital. I don't know. I might have missed yeah, that. Yeah. And
0: he's been messed with too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So maybe one. I, I think those would be the two prime suspects, but I think yeah. Takabe seems like the most logical with where the film winds up
1: mm-hmm. that sort of seemed to be the implication that i got yeah i did, i kind of wonder what how, did sakuma he he made it out alive right i'm not did he die i'm not he
2: he uh, quote unquote committed suicide in his apartment oh
1: that's right that's right yeah yeah yeah. maybe okay.
2: murdered by takami
1: uh, yeah maybe murdered by takami <laughs> we don't know
2: but are they all being murdered by uh
1: miami M- M- i'm just gonna yeah. keep calling him miami that sounds good you got it yeah you got that flow down it feels close enough mr miami yeah mr miami no. So. Yeah, I yeah, okay. <laughs> Great
2: performance though. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's the so, star. I mean, he's stellar. So good.
1: He's he, so good with this he, like this haunting blank stare.
2: This like uh, Yeah, this youthful nonchalant and the, the whole the whole like playing the like where are we we're in a police box oh this is a police box yeah what's? why are we here yeah what's that, that oh god's so good which, wait which I mean, seems who like this weird intentionality this? of
0: asking <sharp inhale> the questions right like he's very much trying to do what he's doing for yeah, sure you know his intention is to push everyone into that sort of murder as well
1: man the, the best one is when the uh when takabi takes him in front of like the, all of the police suits or whatever yeah. and the the yeah. the commissioner guy is gets gets all hot under the collar he's like no 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 i understand what you're saying to me. Who are you though?
2: It's, it's like a five it's like talking to a, like a four year old. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. How? Why?
1: Can't confirm. But when he when he <laughs> like reveals what he's actually asking though, right? Like you see the dude's head explode a little bit. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, who am I? It's it is this this existential sort of uh Well there's that fun like he hands him
2: the photo of himself. This is oh, you. Yeah. This, this is me. I don't know this person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the way he plays games with everybody mm-hmm. is, is so... It just works so well.
2: I, I mean, yeah, that, I think that character is just so fascinating, the way it's written, this kind of way... I mean, he does have this sort of supernatural devil-in-the-city mm. vibe, but we do know he's he's just like a student who either really got into minimalism, or went off the deep end or is possessed by something evil. That... But he also feels like he's been around for thousands of years. So. This
1: interpretation that you just mentioned about him, like being cursed by the old phonograph recording, I hadn't even occurred to me. I, I was just thinking about like, you know, he found out about mesmerism or whatever and, and, you know, went down the rabbit hole and became yeah. a, uh, a murderer all, all on his own. But yeah, this, this interpretation that some, this, this old 1880s or whatever, uh, hypnotism that he f- came across the, the, the idea that this thing infected him. I think that's a fun reading of the movie that I hadn't even considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's cool stuff. Is that,
2: I think I may have, I don't know. Did you come across that I one think or is so. that just you? Okay. Maybe it on Reddit. That's I don't remember. Still, that's still a fun read. I was just like in bed last night trying to figure out or yesterday, like as soon as the movie opened, I was what like, do do what is going on? Right. Still, what is happening. It just here? sticks with you. Yeah. But I think that idea, I mean, again, connecting it back to Ringo of the idea of infection through technology and mm-hmm. the the technological message that we get and and kind of the you know, impact of radio before home media. You know, I think is kind of an interesting conversation point. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think that's obviously the cool thing about a movie like this is it's not painted out to you. Yeah. You you do try to do the work to see if you can figure it out, you know, and the movie comes out like this day to be like, oh, there's so many plot holes here. This is the
1: thing that is anytime you visit international cinema, it's always so refreshing to be reminded like, oh, yeah. in other places, movies like don't have to be super literal right movies are allowed to be like a little more impressionistic a little bit uh more metaphorical um we don't have to worry
2: about was it joe in the third row yeah, is that what yeah. right, you said? slow you, you, joe in the third yeah row. we don't yeah. have to worry about him
1: yeah q, i'm sorry I, as soon as i said metaphorical i started thinking about parasite <laughs> q, q metaphor rock <laughs> right? uh but uh yeah i, I mean that that's that, like that,
2: even that feels playful right
1: that film's playful with it but it is it is kind of playing at that thing though, right? Like yeah. film is allowed to be metaphorical. You don't have to like do everything. Yeah. Like, not everything that happens in a movie has to be interpreted at face value. Yeah. Right? And I think that I appreciate, appreciate about that about cure is that it does, uh, as you said, it, it plays around in those, those gray spaces, uh, to speaking of gray spaces, uh, Takabe he he sort of does get to go rogue cop a little bit. He gets to go loose cannon cop with nothing to lose to solve this case. Uh, which is some pretty pretty standard trope.
2: Yeah, I didn't know the rule on international uh, policing, but uh, he gets a little rough a few times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure is, it's uh, still not okay. It's still not okay. He pushes him in the chair to the wall yeah, in that right, yeah. interview scene. Seems like, yeah, that's not all right. Well, yeah.
1: And then he does just straight-up murder him. Yeah. Uh, me mama.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's shoot I mean, the guy in the head he part. Just
1: yeah. like, that's that is good. definitely not protocol. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> that. When he goes to arrest him, he just murders him. I mean, I can't read a Japanese police a handbook, sequence. but I'm pretty
0: sure it would be forbidden.
2: Yeah. That's another really cool sequence where he goes to the, to like, the bar or whatever. Thing. And that's one of the moments where you have that visqueen over like a photograph, but it looks mm-hmm. so ghostly and so spooky and you think he's right there. But then it's just like a kind of faceless photograph. Right. Which I think is so cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's this weird, again, sense of presence throughout the film that is able to achieve, again, not in the way that we typically do with score or with music, and uh, that the film itself is really, really, again, really documentary, real nonchalant. Uh, there's nothing real flashy at all no. No. about its style. I mean, it, it is the most sort of intentionally not
1: flashy. The flashiest thing is that the people are murdered with a big X, and that's like the mm. flashiest choice that the movie makes because everything else you're yeah. right is so restrained. But even then, it's just makeup. Uh, yeah, exactly. Again, under,
0: again, that sort of flirting. I just
1: mean, like, it's the most, like, sort of movie choice, yeah, right? It's right. the most, like, the sort big, of... big... Yeah. It's a big image. Yeah. 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 Sure. I
2: think... I, I, this kind of goes back to, I think, him playing with form and genre expectation again. You know, there are so many codifiers when we watch a film to be like, oh, okay, this is, must be a dream... This could be a dream sequence, mm-hmm. or this could be a flashback, you know, playing with color, playing with tone, uh, image-like filters, sepia, and stuff like that. Um, and there's that moment. There are a couple of moments in this film where he's on that red bus with that fog background, mm-hmm. right? That I'm like, is this just, is this in his head? Yeah, we know he has a car. Like he's capable of driving around the city. But there are a couple of visitors, there's one with his wife. I think they're going to the hospital or from the hospital. I can't remember. And then when he goes to the farmhouse at the end, he's in this like red bus, and there's just like this almost too fake fog kind yeah, of behind them. Behind them, and yeah. I'm like, is where are we? At? Are we? Is this a mental? St- fugue state that was is i this, took it to be
1: dream sequences most most both but, of the times the bus occurred but then he
2: yeah but then he arrives at the barn and that's true. But then it's all literal from that point. Right. You know, I and, mean, and
0: in the hands of like a, a traditional filmmaker, or even another Japanese filmmaker, there are a couple of dream sequences like this in uh, Kagamusha from Akira Kurosawa, um, where you go in dream sequences, the colors get real garish, mm-hmm. right? lots of strong pinks yeah. and purples and greens, and you know, like again, sort of flagging, flagging, flagging for Slow Joe in the back row, this is a dream. I I mean, is he in a fugue state as he's making his way to and from these places? Is in, he? Yeah, is he in his con- hypnosis state? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, I, and maybe, or he might just be taking the bus. And it's cloudy. Yeah, and we. Don't I, know. I think
2: that's the cool thing about this is playing with those kind of parameters of the genre, the tropes of the genre, to really keep you guessing. Because at the end of this movie, you're not, you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't know what's real, what's not real. It doesn't feel like, I, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what... I feel like I malfunctioned after watching as, this movie. As soon as Takabi and Mamiya end up in the same room, mm-hmm. like, the movie,
2: like, shifts. Like, as soon as those... Like, and it, the way it kind of, like... Like, did he kill the guard to break him out? Like, what happened there? I don't know. There's yeah. He how, just walks by a dead corpse to the room. How
1: did he get out of the hospital? Yeah. It, but he
2: let him out of the hospital. I
1: don't. But and the movie is not concerned with like connecting all these dots for you, which I love. Like I it's can't, just
2: like I can't comprehend watching this abstracted of a narrative film. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and again, I think the idea though is that
0: our Give minds are, are are sort of broken. I mean, that's the yeah. idea is that civilization has created a set of broken sets of thinking, mm. a set of sets of broken kinds of thinking, in which we are sort of unable to disentangle ourselves from our desires and what we're actually doing in terms of behavior. And so, I mean, I think that the mundaneness
1: of Mm. the lighting. Of, mm. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about that cop shooting the other cop. Yeah, I knew that when you were talking yeah. about things that were shocking, yeah, Or uh, I knew that that was the moment you were talking well, or about. Like a, a couple of defenestrations where people go out windows and go, oh, well, I'm, okay. There are a couple of defenestrations,
0: yeah. yeah you mm. don't expect more than one. Yeah, multiple defenestrations is always um, an interesting choice in yeah. filmmaking. But again, they're really, really just sort of run-of-the-mill the way it all takes place. Because mm-hmm. there is an ordinariness to whatever our disease
1: mm
0: is as a society it seems to be and that's part of what the film seems to be trying to you know twist us towards
1: mm. we get a, another cop trope that uh, we haven't seen since falling down but the cop with the the mentally sick wife mm, yeah. we, we revisit this trope again this sort of uh, uh w- and it doesn't always have to be a wife but of course our 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 uh, loose cannon cop always has to have some some sort of external concern that, that is distracting him from the job. And again, you're right, Dustin, it is interesting. The 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 more we get with Takabi in this film and the more time he spends with Amemiya, it, it does sort of start to make you consider, does he want something bad to happen to his wife? Does he really want to go on this vacation? And of course, as soon as they start talking about a vacation in the, the opening moments of the movie, you have to go, uh-oh, Man, they're not going on that trip. Something bad's going to happen here. And of course it does because that's that's what happens in, in cop movies when somebody talks about taking a trip,
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, again two days' it, retirement,
1: yeah, it's very much sort of classically setting things up in in ways that you 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 know at, at the least if you've seen American cop stuff, you know that no good will come of these plans that people are making, right uh but it does keep you on your your toes as far as confirming for you one way or the other like how Takabi feels about his wife, like he clearly is is destroyed when he has this 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 image this hallucination of her her hanged it it kills him and yet like he he does you know end up killing her potentially uh is is the implication the movie gives us so is that already there to be hypnotized out and again dustin you're reading of that's something that maybe he deep down actually wants is not something that i had considered but is definitely there i mean you could read that in the movie I i don't think you're reaching to read that
2: yeah you're not the only person to have that Train of thought.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so yeah, and, and the the film is again so elemental too. the use of water for uh, stimulating the uh, fugue states, mm-hmm. uh, the use of fire for the actual hypnosis itself. And uh, those moments of transition in terms of wind and windedness again, the film, though very much woven within a cityscape, which we sort of think of a place devoid of quote unquote nature mm-hmm. or environment uh the film is full of environment, and it does seem to be that um part of what is gothic, you mentioned this sort of gothic cop drama yeah uh, as a uh, as a film that there's a way in which the the very very again um the heating and air vents are haunted. Yeah. The pipes are haunted. Yeah, Yeah. And and so even though we've done all this constructing, you know, it's not just like a a sort of a wilderness that is full of ghosts and witches and warlocks Mm -hmm. and what have you, but there's a way in which there, there, there'll be monsters Again, in the pipes, in the plaster, in the in the drywall, and in the HVAC. Yeah, uh, which is which is a really really fascinating kind of idea. In the blast furnace, in the what, blast whatever furnace, whatever yeah. that thing
1: is. God, just such a a jarring image. Both times that it flashes on screen with its big big bellowing fire inside, it's just like ooh, it freaks you out every time. And is that
0: the flame that hypnotized Miami? Yeah, know?
1: right. Exactly. Uh, that poor monkey. Oh man, still thinking about the monkey in the cage. Yeah. yeah. Like so the, the whole, those little the, the the whole like setup at when they go to his apartment, uh, which again, Arthur speaking of things the movie doesn't really lay out for you. How did he find his apartment? That's not a clue. We uh, really know how he gets. Not important though. Movie doesn't care about mm-hmm. letting you know how the cop drama is being solved. Uh, but when we go to his apartment, it is just like this this horrifying dank place that is uh, you know obviously been abandoned for months, but is you know it was abandoned with food laying out and cages full of animals next door, just like this, this very primal, uh, uh, uncared for space that he's left. Like it, it is, again, we keep using this word elemental and that is sort of the vibe that Mia has throughout the movie is like, he is a force of nature that is just like, manipulating people without even really trying to like he, he truly is passive in the way that he he goes about manipulating people almost oh it's it is it just, unleashed right yeah, yeah it's just it's just through questioning people till they break themselves it's it's a very interesting uh way to depict this this character that the film chooses
0: absolutely absolutely are there any other uh, big thoughts on uh this film
2: i don't Think I have anything else to add? Well, in that case, uh,
1: well, I got one thing, and this okay. is this was just a, a you I gave me a window. You I, gave me a window. Sorry, I was just <laughs> gonna uh, say uh, th- this is something I read this week, and I won't get it too much into it. But I, I read an article called "There Is No Moral Imperative to Be Miserable" by James Greig for uh, Mental Health on and I, I just I was I read it the day after I watched Cure. Or maybe even uh the day maybe i have actually been the same day i watched it but it just really made me kind of uh connected some some dots right we've been talking about cure kind of trying to address these these uh you know urban decay and this again these haunted the haunted drywall and the haunted hvac and the way in which these sort of urbanized spaces can feel sort of uh uh, monstrous and cavernous and, and again this, this article is just sort of dealing with the world being that way and the world is not set up in a way that's meant for your brain <laughs> the world is not meant to make you feel better but that doesn't mean you have to feel shitty all the time mm-hmm. and that's sort of maybe what we can glean from cure is uh the world is going to try to break you there is going to be a mummy out there to uh to make you want to uh yourself after doing a crime and uh you don't have to feel that way no you, you have a choice I don't know. There's something there, but anyway, it was it was an article that I was reading, and uh, it really connected a lot of dots for Cure, uh, and connected a lot of dots with Cure for me, rather. So I just wanted to mention it. It's very a good read. Cool. Yeah, not not too long to get into now, but a good read. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for that. Well, let's go
0: ahead and render a verdict, then, shall we? Shell for trash? What say you, Dalton?
1: Well i think i'm gonna shelf this this is really cool man not a lot of movies like this uh again we've we've kind of mentioned silence of the lambs and seven and fallen and and some american films that definitely are you know feel related to this movie but cure definitely feels like its own thing uh, enough that to to warrant being shelved yeah and again it's on the criterion collection so if you've got access to their streaming service it's on there right now uh but the criterion uh went ahead and preserved it for the record and I, i think they were right to do so this is good stuff
0: very good, very good. What do you say, Arthur, shelf for trash for uh, uh, Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure?
2: Yeah, I think I am going to shelf it. I think that this is definitely a movie in my wheelhouse, and I'd kind of gone back and forth. But yeah, it's a movie I would go back to, and and there's so much to think about. So it's it's a shelfable movie, I think
0: absolutely um, I, I also agree I think it's got a lot of staying power it's a movie I have, I've thought about since I watched it and uh, it's something I still keep considering
2: it's on the shelf next to Eternals
0: uh, <laughs>
2: n- they're in the same breath the
0: same breath I like Eternals too <laughs> um, but yeah shelf uh, is what I'm going to say as well so there you go dear listener those are our thoughts on uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure thanks again Keith and, um, Dalton can you tell the dear listener how they can be part of the conversation or maybe even pick a film in the future
1: I sure can Dustin if you want to tell us what you think about Cure you can find us uh on twitter that's at good trash media but i sure wouldn't tell you to go to that website if you're not already on it uh, it's a terrible place to be don't go to twitter <laughs> uh so if you want to get a hold of us uh another way you can email the show good trash genre at gmail.com that's the name of the show you're listening to at gmail.com let us know what you thought about cure uh if you want to be like keithan and pick a movie for us you can go to patreon.com forward slash gtm all that info is there Uh, lots of fun stuff for you to to peruse uh, several years worth of bonus content we're not updating currently but a a pretty big archive of of bonus uh, tasties for you there and again the option to pick a movie for the show Uh, let us you get to be the Arthur you get to tell us what we're watching Uh, it's it's fun I I, it's the Patreon picks are always great they're fun episodes Uh, I feel like we get surprised pretty consistently with people's picks and, mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, it's I don't know. It's one of my favorite parts of the show is uh, getting a, a real curveball out of uh, out of our patrons. So uh, again, if you want to be one of those patrons, patreon.com forward slash GTM. Very good, very good. Thank you very much for that. Well, hey, Arthur, um,
0: are we going to do another show next week?
2: Oh, I guess we may as well. Are we going to uh, watch a movie? Yeah, I guess that's part of it too. Okay, I was just checking. Okay, see you next week. I
0: thought you might shake it up.
2: I'm just kidding. Next week, uh, we oh, head to oh, the oh, west. I really thought you were going to commit to it. <laughs> we head to the Pacific Northwest into the the dangerous underground world of truffle hunting as we take a look at 2021's Nicolas Cage starring Pig. Uh, pig.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm so excited so to talk n- about Pig. More
0: Cage, more Pig. Uh, more for you all next time. So you keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all uh, next time.